Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for your prayers. We met, well, I missed a great week last week. I hear, was that right? Highlight Sunday. Um, I had man flu, which um, the men in the place, yes, thank you, whoever that was. The men in the place will know that that's worse than childbirth. Um, <laughs> Only the men laughed. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you for your prayers. And uh, it's great to be back here. As Andy said, Baptism Sunday. Who's excited about that? Listen, I'm believing more and more that we're going to see baptisms and they're just going to be a regular occurrence in this place. Who knows that God's doing something here? I love that in, uh, in Isaiah when God says he, says, he says, do you not perceive it? And sometimes we forget to, to think about what God's doing and open our eyes up. I can feel that God's doing something here. I don't know about you. God's doing something. So we're in this series called I Am. Oh, it says I'm youth pastor. There we go. You've got, a, uh, you've got a youth pastor, everybody. This is actually a good time for me to say this is my first message, I think, as campus pastor as well. So, um, so we're really excited to, uh, me and Helen are excited to be sort of with you guys here and you know that already and I think more we'll probably say a little bit more about that next week as well so yeah in this series called I am who you say I am from that amazing song I, I just love that song and that declaration that I am who you say I am of course directing that to God because the reality is this as human beings we are created in the image of God so because we're created in the image of God it only makes sense to get our identity from God so we, we come to our, our key verse which is Romans 8 verse 15 to 17, and it says this, this resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children, and we know we are going to get what's coming to us, An unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. This series, as I said, is all about our identity. I don't know about you, but I think that our world has a bit of an identity crisis at the moment. People don't know who they are. They don't know why they're here on this earth. So because of that, people are looking for their identity at the bottom of, bottom of a bottle or in the nightclubs or in multiple relationships or in drugs, wherever it may be. People are searching for their identity. People are searching for why I'm here, looking for meaning. See, as I said, we're created beings. We are created by God. And our identity comes from him, our creator God. See, in this series, what we're wanting to do is remind people and direct people and point people to the one who created us so they can get their identity from God instead of all these other places where people are looking. And today, I want to look at the fear of man, the fear of man. In Proverbs 29 verse 25, it says this, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. See, when we were planning this series, we we sit around the table, uh, me and a few of the other guys, and we sit around the table and, and just 
basically plan out the ministry for where God's taking us. And when we were talking about identity, this series on I am who you say I am, I felt we had to talk about the fear of man. I think in our world today that people are making so many decisions on their lives based upon what other people think rather than what God might say. See, here's the thing about fear. It's irrational. Now, look, I don't know if you can tell, but I've been doing a bit of running, okay? No one can tell. I've been doing a bit of running. Before Christmas, I got this new like health watch and all that sort of stuff in it. I think the best thing about the watch is, uh, I don't even think I've used it to tell the time, but uh, just the fact that it, it tracks, you know, some health stuff and all that. And it, it's encouraged me to get out there, get running and doing all this stuff. So what I've been doing is I've been getting out, we, we're blessed near us, we've got lots of trails. So I've been getting out on the trails, running, it's been great. And with the dark nights and dark mornings, most of the time when I'm going out running, it's tending to be a little bit darker. And normally about twilight when I've been getting out there on the trails. Now, obviously the trails aren't lit, so it's getting pretty dark when I go out there. So you should normally use a head touch, but hey guys, I'm a man, you know, I'm just going to go out there and do my own thing, you know, don't worry about tripping up or whatever it might be. So I'll just give you the image. I'm there, I'm running along. In my head, the Rocky music's playing. You know, I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm picturing in my head the abs, you know. Hello, hashtag summer bod, you know, get it, get it on Facebook, you know. I'm picturing, you know, I'm telling myself, you can do this, you've got this. Just so you know, ladies, this is what every man does when they work out. I've seen the guys in the gym doing the bicep curls, looking at themselves in the mirror intensely. I've seen it. This is what we do. But anyway, I'm running along this one night and uh, it's getting pretty dark and my eyesight isn't the, isn't the best at, at the greatest of times. So I'm running along, just uh, rocky music playing in my head until something moves in the bushes. Now, I, I, only, I can only describe the noise I made as a blood-curdling scream. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I jumped two meters in the air. It was quite unbelievable. Like I, and My heart was pumping. I was ready to go. I, I felt like David in the Bible when he fought a lion. I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm ready to protect myself at all costs. Like Someone is trying to get me here. So I turned around and I said to that rabbit... <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it again. Needless to say, I ran home pretty quick that day. See, fear's irrational, isn't it? It it makes no sense. I love the song, uh, I love the line in that song by Hillsong United called Not Today. It says, fear is a liar running out of breath. See, a lot of the times when you analyze fear, when you look at fear, when you look at the reason behind fear, it's often completely irrational. It's either based upon a lie or on an exaggeration of something. Have you ever been in that place where you've been really worried and anxious about something and it t- the situation turned out completely differently? Anybody been there? That's fear. Fear is irrational. This is what the fear of man's like. See, if I walked up to most people, I went down into Mansfield today and said, look, do you, do you fear people? Or have you got the fear of man? I think most people would say, no, not me. I don't care what people think. I'm not scared of people. They'd maybe go on to tell you why they aren't scared of people. Now, do, you, do you know the job I do? I, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about what other people think. 
Do you know how much I can lift in the gym? I don't, I'm not scared of people. Do you know how much money's in my bank account? No, I, I don't care what people say. See, people will tell you they don't fear man, but the way we live our lives reflects something very different. Let me just qualify quickly what I mean by fear, fear of man. I'm not, not talking about actual you know, uh, manhood, men and women. It's more talking about people, fearing what people think. See, people are crippling themselves with debt to buy the best house, the flashiest car and the best clothes. And here's the thing I see, that people aren't buying these things because they want them. They're buying them to impress somebody else who maybe lives next door or down the street or that person at work just to, just to make themselves look good. See, this isn't a new thing. Who's heard of keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah? This is, this is something that's lasted forever. The difference is, in 2019, that 20 years ago, you didn't have this device in your pocket that linked you to millions of people around the world. So 20 years ago, all you had to worry about with that ne- was that next door neighbor or maybe that person down the street. But now people are comparing themselves to literally millions of people around the world who have the perfect online life. They've got the perfect airbrush photos and they look like their life's perfect and you judge it against your life that looks quite bland, really. So we, we work really hard. We try really hard to keep up and to to buy and to accumulate and to portray this success that we know really is all fake. This is the fear of man. It's not just being scared that someone might punch you. It's, it's far bigger than that. It's longing for people's approval on your life and your decisions. Fear of man is making a decision based upon what you think people might want you to choose rather than what you feel is the best way to go. It's working tirelessly to be approved by those people around you above everything else. It makes no sense. Irrational to be approved by those people more than anything in the world. And let me tell you this morning, it's something we all have to overcome. I want to remind you of those words in Proverbs again. The fear of man is a snare. The fear of man is a snare. See, fear of man is when we put man's approval, people's approval, before the approval of God. It's when we make our peers' thoughts higher than God's thoughts in our lives. So you've got to understand that the standard of people and the standard of God are very different. And when you're working really hard to please people, it becomes impossible to please God. See, one of the key characters in the Bible struggled with fear. Now, Listen, if this is something you're dealing with, you're in for a tough morning this morning because Andy's already been talking about it the whole morning already. So God's got a message for somebody. But the character in the Bible I want to speak about is Moses, a man who dealt with fear, but particularly the fear of man. Now let's have a look at Exodus 3 verse 1 to 12. It says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it didn't burn up. 
So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush doesn't burn up? When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses. It's similar to my running story, actually, this is. Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place you stand in is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of Israel has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who has sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. See, the first thing we see from Moses' story is that the fear of man traps you in a small life. The fear of man traps you in a small life. See, what you have to understand about Moses is this. He was a Hebrew, so he he was one of the Israelites, but he'd been raised in Pharaoh's palace as a prince. See, from his birth, we see in Exodus 1 and 2 that he'd been set apart. He'd been set apart because basically all of the the, the newborn boys, Pharaoh had ordered that they be killed. The, The newborn boys of the Israelites be killed. Um, Moses' mom hid him. After three months, she couldn't hide him anymore. So she decided that she was going to put him in the Nile River. And amazingly, miraculously, Pharaoh's daughter picked Moses out of the river and decided to take him in. Even better, she got Moses' own mom to become his nanny to look after him. So this man, he he had his maternal mother raising him as a Hebrew in the palace of the king, effectively, of the day. He was destined for greatness. He was destined for a big life. His life was going to mean something. And you can tell that Moses thought this. Because if we look at Exodus 2, Moses decides, he sees that an Egyptian is beating up a Hebrew. One of the Israelites is getting beat up. So Moses, big, confident Moses, strong Moses, the prince of Egypt, decides to step in and says, I'm going to sort this out. The problem is it went very, very wrong. Moses killed the Egyptian, got caught, and basically Pharaoh ran him out of Egypt. Moses fled because of fear. And now we find him in Exodus 3 as a shepherd. Not looking after his own sheep, but he's looking after his father-in-law's sheep. He's gone from the glitz and the glamour and the favour and the riches of the palace to the mud, dirt and stench of the sheep. He went from being the prince of Egypt to the servant of his father-in-law. I think Moses looked at his life, he looked around at his life because you've got to understand between um, Exodus 2 and Exodus 3, there's probably about 40 years, it's not just the next day. I think Moses looked at his life and thought, I've wasted it. I've messed it up. 
There's no way out for me now. I, I think he'd given up because of fear. See, this is what the fear of man does. It, it traps you in a life that you were never meant to lead. It gets you living in a small way, thinking small, being desperate to step out, but too fearful of what people might say. See, I'm convinced that fear of man is stopping people all over our world stepping into the, to their destiny, stepping into the bigness to what God has called them to because they're scared of what people might say or what people might think. When I set up my business a couple of years ago now, it was obviously quite a big decision for us because at the time I, I had a, a, a good job, I had a, a nice company car. and We could have been worried, Helen and I, we could have been worried about what people say when the company car goes back and what people think. And uh, uh, My wife was pregnant as well. Helen was pregnant with Willow, our little girl, who's obviously here today. So people maybe thought it was reckless. I'm sure they did. But God had said to us, this was the right thing. We knew that it was the right thing because God had told us that was the way to go. So, you know, all that stuff, we pushed it to a side and said, God, we're going to trust you and we're going to follow you. And I'll tell you now, I don't think we would be stood here today if we wouldn't have made that decision. Don't let fear of man stop you from stepping in to what God's got for you. There's so many people in our world that are scared to step out because they're scared what their neighbor might think or that colleague or that Facebook friend might think. See, for you, it might be that you're scared to tell that person that you'll pray for them because you worry what they'll think. You might be scared to take that leadership position at work that's because someone said that you'll never amount to anything. You might not have told people that you're a Christian because you're a little bit worried about what they might say to you. I want to tell you this today. God didn't create you to live small. He created you to live a big life. He created a plan over your life. Every single person, whether it's your first time today or your hundredth time, God has a plan for your life. And you can choose to step into it or not. God is a gentleman. He won't force himself on you, but he stands right next to you. Stand, Stands in your ear saying, come on, you're called to bigger, you're called to better. God is the best coach you will ever have who is saying to you, you are called to more. Your life means more than that. Does anybody believe that over their life this morning? God's got more in store for you. See, don't let the expectation and the approval of people stop you from stepping into God's best. Fear of man will stop you living a big life. You'll be incapacitated by what people may say or what people might think. I promise you, because when you step out, people will will say stuff. People will think things. But I promise you, if you step into God, you step in with God, he'll lead you and he'll guide you. So you aren't supposed to live your life crippled by what people might think. You're called to live your life in the bigness of who God says you are. Another hallmark of fear of man. In Moses' life, we find it in verse 11, when it says this, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? See, fear of man looks to people for identity rather than God. 
It looks to people for identity rather than God. See, God had told Moses, he said, Moses, I'm calling you to be this leader. I'm calling you to deliver my people. Moses, I'm calling you to be the deliverer. And all Moses can say is this, I can't go to Pharaoh. I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Moses, like Andy said, Moses in Exodus, um, in Exodus 4, Moses says, I-, I can't speak. He comes up with all the, all the excuses under the sun, literally numerous times. Read Exodus 3, 4 and 5. He-, he tells God no. He says, God, send someone else. God, send there's someone better than me. God, I can't speak that well. God, do, do it through somebody else, not through me. This is what fear of man does. It stops you looking at what God says about you and focuses on what the world thinks of you. I mean, where has Moses got this idea that he isn't good enough to go to Pharaoh? He was raised in that exact house. He would have interacted with Pharaoh's predecessor because we understand that Pharaoh that ran Moses out of Egypt was dead and this was a new Pharaoh. But he'd been in that house. He'd probably sat around the dinner table with previous Pharaoh. But at this point, Moses sees himself as a nobody. He says he isn't good enough for the task. I mean, just go with me here, but there was probably no one more qualified than Moses because of his past. But because he'd listened to the world, because he'd listened to his own negative thoughts, this man was about to blow the biggest opportunity of his whole life. He was trying to push this huge opportunity away. He was trying to push the opportunity to see a nation changed away because he was getting his identity from everybody apart from God. I know that there'll be people in this room who struggle with insecurity. Insecurity is a value issue. What do you value more? What God says about you or what the world says about you? What do you listen to? What the world says or what God says? See, the world might say you're broken, but God says, I can make you whole. The world might say you're a mess, but God says, I made you in my image. The world might say you're a loser, but God says, you are more than a conqueror with me. See, fear of man gets its power from listening to the world over God. It's time to tune out from the world and to tune in to God. It's time for you to stop listening to those negative voices. It's time to stop replaying what was said to you years ago. It's it's time to stop replaying that in your head and listening to that and listening to what God says about you. This is how insecurity perpetuates. God was trying to tell Moses what he was called to. He was telling him these amazing things and all Moses could say was, I'm not good enough. Come on, tune out from the world and tune in to God. How do you do that? Well, very quickly, like it said in Romans 8, you just come to him. Come to him. Like father and children, we come to him like, he said, dad, this very morning I came to God and said, thank you for being my dad. I came to him like my father and like a kid. Like when my little boy runs up to me and sits on my knee in my chair, And he looks to me and he wants to talk and play. That's how I want to come to God. That's how God wants you to go to him. And when you go to God like that, we see in Romans 8, he tells you who you really are. The next thing we see in this conversation between God and Moses is that fear of man gets you asking the wrong question. 
Exodus 4 verse 1, Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Now, I've got to be honest, I'm surprised God just doesn't stop the whole thing here and say, nah, leave it, Moses. I, honestly, this is too hard work. I'll choose some, I'll use that sheep instead. He's probably more confident than you. Uh, I, I'm surprised God just doesn't stop it there. See, don't you, don't you hate it when there's excitement, there's a new thing happening, and someone just wants to focus on the negative? Because that's where Moses is right now. God said to him, we're going to deliver your people, Moses. I'm going to use you powerfully. It's going to be amazing. amazing. And all Moses can say is, yeah, but what if you don't listen? Wrong question, Moses. I mean, am I right this morning? It's the wrong question. I mean, Moses is starting to look a bit pathetic here. Now, I'd hate it as well if people could see my decision-making processes at times. Anybody else? He's starting to look a bit pathetic here. Because God's trying to call him to more, to bigger. And all he can focus on is his smallness. This is what fear of man does. It gets you asking the wrong question. It makes you ask, what will people say rather than what can God do? See, we now know that Moses was called to this great deliverance that we're talking about thousands of years later. But all Moses could do was focus on the smallness inside of him. Fear of man, it gets us looking inward. It gets us looking at what will go wrong, what people might say. It makes us look at our smallness. See, I believe there's some people in this room today and you need to start asking a different question. Stop focusing on what you can't do and start focusing on what God can do. You know, if we're going to reach this town for Jesus, if we're going to make an impact, it's going to take us stepping beyond our own fear and limitations and listening to God in his bigness. You know, I I don't step up here this morning and think, yeah, I've got this. I can do this. I step on this morning and think, God, you need to come through. God, you need to move. We're not trying to do this in our own strength. We're not trying to do this because we feel good about ourselves. We're doing it because we're doing it in God's strength. And because God has said, we're going to step into it. Anybody else this morning? God's calling us. To bigness, guys. He's calling you to more. He's calling you in your workplace, in that school, wherever it may be. He's calling you to bigger. Not because, not so that you can do it on your own, but so that he can do it through you. Let's stop asking the question, what if I can't? Why don't we start making the declaration that I know God can? Do you know how we overcome fear of man? Faith in God. In Exodus 3, 4 and 5, God's been trying to tell Moses, he's been trying to say, Moses, get your eyes off of you. Get your eyes off of your own weakness, off of your own limitation and get your eyes onto my greatness, onto my bigness, onto my vastness. God been saying in verse 10, he said, I am sending you. In verse 12, he says, I will be with you. In verse 14, he says, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am who sent you. God was saying to Moses, stop looking at your smallness and start looking to my bigness. That's what God is saying to you today. It's time to stop focusing on what you are not and start focusing of the God, on the God of I am. 
He is your strength. He is your confidence. He is your help. He is your provision. He is your salvation. He is your deliverance. He is your ever-present help in time of need. And I'm not just saying this because it sounds nice. I'm saying that because that is the Bible. He's the God of I am. Stop focusing on what the world says you're not. And start focusing on who God is. Fear of man looks to our smallness. Faith in God looks to his bigness. Fear of man looks inward. Faith in God looks upward. Fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. It stops you. Faith in God is a springboard into all God has in store for you. See, if God had said to Moses, Moses, you need to do it on your own. Moses would have been dead right saying, no, I can't. Because he he wouldn't have been able to do it. But time and time again, God tells Moses, I will be with you. And Moses slowly but surely comes around to God's way of thinking. He remembers who he is from spending time with God, from conversing with God. He begins to remember who he is, who God called him to be. And he steps into a life of faith in God. Faith in God is how we combat the fear of man. It's being more concerned with what God thinks than what people think. It's making decisions based upon who God called us to be rather than what we want people to think of us. Today, it's time for you to stop putting so much value on what people think of you. It's time to stop living your life just to please people, to stop living your life to impress people. I'll tell you, it will wear you out. It will make you someone that you are not meant to be. Take off the chains of expectation of people and step into the freedom of God. See, just like with Moses, God isn't looking for you to live this life on your own. to Step into your bigness on your own. He wants to do it with you. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, it doesn't stop there, according to his power at work within us. See, it's his power that works in us. That's how we're called to live this life. That's how you're called to prevail, to step into more. Going to God and saying, God, I need you. God, I need your power. You can't do it on your own. You've tried. You're tired. You're burnt out. You've seen what happens when you try to please everybody yourself. You please no one and hurt yourself. It's time to truly put your faith in God. Trust in him. Rely on him. Take risks with him. Follow where he's calling you. Because his plan's the only one worth being on. You might say, Josh, how how do I put my faith in God? You do it by coming to him. Getting to know him in his word and prayer. But also... By stepping out in faith, you beat the fear of man by having faith in God. And every step you take is a punch in the face to the fear of man. See, Moses didn't go from fear to faith overnight, but he took a step. And he took another step. And he took another step. And he took another step. Today, it's time to start taking a step to the faith in God. 
See, for you this week, it might be questioning that social media post that you put up. It might be praying for someone. It might be telling someone what you did here today. It might be helping that person who you know is hurting, but you've been scared. It might be reaching out to that neighbor. It might be changing career or starting a business or doing a better job where you are. It's about listening to God and taking steps as he calls you. Stepping out in faith is not easy because if it was, it wouldn't be faith. Someone once said that faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. But it's not empty-headed, crazy risk. It's from knowing who we are in God. It's from knowing who he called us to be. It's from knowing where he's leading us. I want to tell you today, if you hear nothing else, God's leading you somewhere. He's like that coach in your ear saying, come on, you're called to bigger. Come on, you're called to better. Come on, I've got more for you. Come on, there's more in you. Because don't you know that sometimes you hate that coach for pushing you a bit more? But all they've got is the best in store for you because they can see potential. There's so much potential in this room. Will you step into it? If you do me a favor, just bow your head and close your eyes. We're not praying. Just, you're just giving people their space this morning. That's all you're doing.